Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 27th of August. At least 60 people have been killed after a number of terrorist attacks in Afghanistan. Head of the US Central Command, General Frank McKenzie from the Pentagon, confirming US casualties. It's a hard day today. Two suicide bombers assessed to have been ISIS fighters detonated in the vicinity of the Abbey Gate at Hamad Karzai International Airport and in the vicinity of the Barron Hotel, which is immediately adjacent. The attack on the Abbey Gate was followed by a number of ISIS gunmen who opened fire on civilians and military forces. At this time, we know that 12 U.S. service members have been killed in the attack. Australia's evacuation mission has been suspended with all ADF members currently accounted for. This Afghan interpreter telling CBS News the scenes at the airport are horrific and he tried to save a baby girl who was badly injured in the blasts. And when I got told the explosion happened and I just saw a lot of people got hurt and people that were laying on the ground. I saw a baby girl and I went to her and I picked her up and I started taking her to the hospital. I took her to the hospital, but she died on my hand, so that's heartbreaking. And what is going on right now, it's heartbreaking. This whole country fall apart. The Taliban, who seized power earlier this month in Afghanistan, has condemned the terror attacks. An arm of ISIS has now claimed responsibility. Back home in New South Wales has recorded its highest daily number of COVID cases and three more deaths, including a man aged in his 30s. On the day 1,029 new infections were recorded, the New South Wales Premier announced new freedoms for fully vaccinated residents. From the 13th of September, those not living in hotspot LGAs will be allowed to gather in groups of five outdoors, while anyone living in the suburbs of concern can go outdoors for one hour of recreation with their household if they are fully vaccinated. Here is New South Wales Chief Health Officer Dr Kerry Chant. We want to recognise the mental health impacts on the community. By then in September the weather will be a nice time and we know that outdoor spaces are less risk. Meantime, authorities have extended the lockdown for regional New South Wales as concerns grow over an increase in cases in the west and far west of the state. New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro says they have to protect vulnerable communities. We're sitting on a knife edge. It's a tinderbox ready to explode and uh, and I do apologise to those communities that don't have cases today, but I put it this way. The reason you may not have cases is because of the restrictions in place at minimising movement. To Victoria now, where there's been another spike in COVID cases with 80 new infections recorded yesterday. 41 of those were in the community while infectious. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has condemned those breaking lockdown laws and people also delaying getting tested for COVID. Some people are making a choice that, look, I've got a scratchy throat, I've got a headache, I've got a fever, I've, I've got this, but I'll wait four or five days before I go and get tested. In the meantime, you've just infected all the people you love. Despite the increase in COVID cases, there is a glimmer of hope with international travel set to return by Christmas. Qantas yesterday announcing plans for overseas flights to resume from mid-December to a number of countries including Singapore, the US, UK, Japan and Canada. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales, firstly, and told transport workers have walked off the job for 24 hours amid ongoing concerns about job security and entitlements, with around six to 7,000 taking part. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. The Transport Workers Union is stressing that vaccines and essential medical supplies won't be disrupted due to the nationwide action. Some of the parcels carried by toll include Bunnings, Dan Murphy's, Amazon and Kmart. It comes after crisis talks for a new enterprise agreement collapsed. Michael Kane from the TWU says workers have been left with no choice but to take action. There were propositions about putting a second-tier workforce in place on temporary contracts. Contracting out up to 50% of the work was, was uh, what the company wanted the workers to sign off on. And of course, that's not a very real choice. You don't want to sign a, an agreement and the very next day lose your job. And to Queensland, the state government has announced its first regional COVID quarantine camp is being built west of Brisbane at Toowoomba. Anastasia Palaszczuk is flying solo, though, on the project, which has sparked plenty of controversy. Our reporter Marty Bunyard has the details from Toowoomba. Thanks, Tash. The planned facility will accommodate overseas travellers during their two weeks' mandatory isolation. It will be constructed at Wellcamp Airport, 16K southwest of Toowoomba. It will accommodate up to a 1,000 travellers, with the first stage of construction already starting and plans to open by the end of this year. We currently bus arriving travellers from Brisbane to hotel quarantine accommodation on the Gold and Sunshine Coast, and so that would remain an option to get people here safely. Deputy Premier Stephen Miles there. We understand Wagner Corporation is funding the build and the facility will initially be leased to the Queensland Government for a year. But the announcement has left some local leaders disappointed by a lack of consultation. Federal Groom MP Garth Hamilton saying a local quarantine camp doesn't make sense. The Premier's gone rogue. She's forcing this on the people of Toowoomba with no consultation whatsoever. The Prime Minister and the Chief Medical Officer rejected the quarantine facility at Swamba back in June. They did so for very sound reasons. Now, for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Now, this is an interesting story. Imagine getting paid for just paying your own bills. Surely this is too good to be true. <laughs> it does sound great, doesn't it? Look, ING has just announced that their eligible Orange Everyday customers will receive a 1% cashback on all gas, water and electricity bills. So it's made that announcement now and will launch this in December. Now, according to their recent Households pay an average of about $5,400 a year, or about $450 a month on their utility bills. So that means that you'd be able to get a cashback of $54. Okay, that may not sound like much at all, but that's probably enough to pay your mobile phone bill off for one month. And think of it this way, to earn that $54 in interest in a bank account, say a bonus saver, you need about $8,000 sitting in there right now because interest rates are so low. So as you said, Tash, what's the catch here? Well, this account doesn't have any monthly account keeping fees, but to be eligible, you've got to meet the conditions of the account. And that means putting $1,000 into it a month. So that could be your pay and making five card purchases. It seems to me that this bank is willing to pay $54 to keep their customers there who may hopefully one day take out another product like a home loan. Now, ING isn't the only bank to offer these cashbacks. So my tip here is, make sure that there are no fees and charges that may offset the cashback. And more importantly too, make sure the deal is good enough to keep your loyalty because they're essentially buying you.
Great tips as always, Effie. Now, many of us uh, don't treat super the way that we should be. We should treat mm-hmm. it like our bank statements. We're set to receive our super fund statements shortly. What should we look for? Yeah, and that's a really good point. Treat it like your bank statement. So if you, you know, go online to look at your bank statement, you're looking at it or you're opening it, do the same with your super. And that should be coming your way shortly. Number one thing is check your fund balance. Has it grown? The majority of Aussies have got their money in a balanced investment option and super rating figures show that the median return over the year to June 30 for balanced funds was 17.6%. So check out where's your sit. The next thing is look at your transactions. Is your boss making contributions? Are they correct? Then check fees. Fees can have a big impact on your super balance. Ideally, if you're in a balance fund, you want that number to be around about the 1% mark or lower. Insurance is next. Now, the Money Smart Government website's got a great calculator that can help you get an idea of how much cover you should have. And if, you look like, if it looks like you're underinsured, then give your fund a quick call and let them know that you may need to increase it. The downside, of course, is that means you'll be paying higher premiums, which could lower the final balance in retirement. And finally, check who's listed as your beneficiary. Now, that's who gets your money or insurance if you die. Make sure that's correct. So, for example, if you've got a partner who you've since split up with, you may (laughs) want to change that name, believe me. (laughs) Important tips. Thanks so much, Effie. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Mitchell. Pierce stepped up for the Knights to break the Titans' hearts last night. Yes, good morning, Tash. He was phenomenal. Uh, four, 15 points to 14 with 17 seconds to go. He steps up and kicks the winning field goal. That secures the Knights the place in the finals. Officially, they will finish seventh. Kalen Ponga was also massive last night as well, their skipper. Coach Adam O'Brien says that Pierce was the difference in the end. Yeah, he was huge. He shouldered a lot of the frustration with the team last week when we were you know, dissecting our attack against the Bulldogs, you know, I could see Junior was taking a lot of it on his shoulders and, you know, that wasn't really right, but champions stand up in the big moments, that's what he did. Ice cool the way he finished that game. Now the Titans' finals fate is out of their hands. Coach Justin Holbrook admits it was a heartbreaking finish. Yeah, very. Obviously a good hard game and um, we just fell short. In tonight's doubleheader, the Raiders will fight for their place in the top eight against the Warriors. Of course, they've had the Curtis Scott scandal uh, this week. Ricky Stewart... Uh, is confident that won't be a distraction. Then we've got the Bunnies against the injury-hit Roosters in a top-four blockbuster. Can't wait for that tonight, Tash. Absolutely. And, Brett, the AFL finals kick off tonight and fans in Adelaide received a timely boost. Yes, uh, SA health officials ticking this off yesterday to increase the crowd by an extra 5,000. So now 20,000 fans can file into Adelaide Oval to watch Port Adelaide face Geelong for a place in a prelim. The Cats welcome back Mitch Duncan. It's his first game in 10 weeks due to a knee injury, but the star midfielder says he is ready to rip in. No, I'm confident that I've done enough work. Training's been fine and, yeah, it's obviously going to be hard at times, going to be blowing. It's going to be on from the start. The power regain Orazio Fantasia but lose Mitch Georgia. Uh, Coach Ken Hinckley says it'll be on from the opening bounce. You know, last week we we gave up a little bit of a start. There's no doubt about that. If we give up a start to Geelong, we'll be in trouble. And the Demons cleaned up at the AFL Awards last night. They had uh, four players, including Max Gorn, the skipper, in the All-Australian team. And Luke Jackson was named the AFL's Rising Star Award winner for a breakout season in the Ds. And Brett talking about medals, another sensational performance for the Aussies at the Paralympics. 
Yes, we've added to our medal collection on day two, uh, two bronze and one silver in swimming and track cycling. A lot more medal chances on today as well. The Steelers kept their wheelchair rugby hopes alive with a close win over France, and we've got the athletics starting today as well. Brett, thanks so much. Thank you, Tash. And here's a feel-good Friday story. A university student has been left in tears after a science Zoom class where she recognised a guest lecturer was actually the doctor who saved her life almost 20 years ago. Professor Ralph Cohen operated on a cancerous growth on Jacinda Hallmark's kidneys when she was just three years old. Jacinda finally getting the chance to say thank you. Oh, sorry, this is not actually a question. This is just um, a bit of a full circle moment. I'm quite shocked right now. Um, I believe you were actually my surgeon in 2001 um, and you operated on me for bilateral Wilms tumour. And um, so this is insane that I'm now, you know, being taught by you. So I just want to say thank you so much. Um, Oh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm completely flawed, Jacinda. How good is that? That audio thanks to News Corp. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.